Welcome to World Footprints Radio, the show where we celebrate responsible travel, culture, and heritage. Featuring your hosts, Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick. Now, World Footprints Radio. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to World Footprints, the leading voice in socially responsible travel and lifestyle. I'm Tanya Fitzpatrick. The country of Russia celebrated a very successful Olympic and Paralympic Games, and Ian and I enjoyed our time in Sochi. For us, the Paralympic Games were transformative. We saw many examples of courage, strength, humanity, and the belief that all things are possible, especially in the face of great adversity. And we met some amazing people and some colorful characters during our time in Sochi. You're going to meet a few of them this hour. We came to Sochi with an open mind and no set expectations, but Sochi exceeded anything we could ever anticipate. The games were phenomenal and inspiring. The service we received was exceptional, and the people were incredibly gracious. There, there were many people from Europe. I have been many times in Europe, but for me it was something new to meet American people from USA uh, too much. And uh, I liked um, to speak with them most of all because it's new, something new for me. <laughs> You'll receive a small taste of what we experienced during our time in Sochi. On our way back to the U.S., we spent a long layover in Moscow, and you'll hear about some places you'll see during a short visit to Moscow when Russian-American singer-songwriter Marina Veronikina joins us to talk about her hometown. We have the pleasure of visiting some of the places that she mentions. I love, uh, first of all, I love Moscow, and I love going back there, and I do look at it differently now because I am, you know, I no longer live there permanently, so I'm more of an outsider, and, and Moscow has gone through such drastic changes since the fall of the Soviet Union within the last 20 years. Every time I go back, I go about every five or six months. Even six months, I see differences each and every time. It's we hope you'll enjoy Sochi beyond the Paralympic Games. I'm Ian Fitzpatrick, and this is World Footprints. Visit and connect with us at worldfootprints.com. One of the many things we've appreciated about the organization of the Paralympic Games here in Sochi is that our hosts thought of every convenience. For example, the Sochi Olympic Organizing Committee recognized that many journalists would not be able to explore parts of the region, so they created a hospitality center at the main media center in order to give us a flavor of the area's history. We were speaking with Ludmila here at the hospitality suite for the Krasnodar region. Ludmila, welcome to World Footprints, and thank you for welcoming us to this region and to Russia. <laughs> well, uh, before preparing for the Olympic Games, we understood that not all people could be able to travel across Russia and across Krasnodar region. Krasnodar region is the territory where the Olympic Games are held. So the idea of the governor of Krasnodar region, Alexander Kachov, was why not to bring Russia right here in the embassy and why not to bring uh, Krasnodar region right here. So in the hospitality corner, people can learn a lot of information about the history of Russia. Russia, about the history of Krasnodar region, and to see some objects which date back to the 18th or 19th century. So they are very peculiar, they are very specific, and uh, some of the objects, I say, they are priceless. Not because of the uh, uh, very rich, uh, expensive price, but because they are unique. They were made so long ago, and they were kept in our families. And... Um, 
you can see the birch tree right here and it's uh, well, it was very amazing for all of us when before the opening ceremony of the Olympic Games on the 7th of February the new green leaves just came out there are a lot of songs and poems devoted to the birch tree and by the way the symbol of this region Kuban is a sunflower Hmm. Uh, Who knows, but some people say uh, that there is a legend that God presented people living in this territory with a lot of sunflowers so that they could have a lot of sunny days because a lot of sunny days would help them to uh, gather and to gather a rich harvest. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we understand that to grow and gather rich harvest, one should work very hard. Uh, Therefore, there are so many hard-working people people living in this territory who are faithful for this land, to this land, and who love it. By the way, uh, Krasnodar region uh, is uh, the territory where the Cossacks live, the Kuban Cossacks. Kuban In 1792, Russian empires Catherine the Great uh, presented people, uh, her people, uh, the, who lived in Zaporozhye, uh, presented this land. They came here with these, uh, with their families, and their main occupation was just farming, growing wheat. But at those days, the 18th century, they had to defend the land where they lived, and so they were good warriors too. By the way, when a man, young man, was 18, he was called to serve in the army, to which he always came with his own uniform, uh, with his own military outfit and a saddle horse. So it was a tradition in Kuban family to get ready their son for the army. It was the question of honor. And uh, here you can see a lot of objects that were handmade by the people living in the territory and in whole Russia. For example, you can see a patchwork quilt on the corner, a pink one decorated with lace. It dates back to the 18th century. The samovar over there is made of silver threads. Can you imagine? It's very peculiar work and it's unique because you cannot find another one in the shop. It's the work of a great master. Uh, you, on the tables you can see different kinds of art that are traditional for Russia. Gzhel, Chochloma, Berista, our beautiful Matryoshka and many others. You can see some of ours, the traditional heaters which were used in Russia for boiling water for tea. And even nowadays, these old samovars can work and can boil tea. You can see the huge samovar, the volume of which is more than 332 liters, and it really works. And this samovar is a kind of how people in Russia keep their traditions. And uh, look, uh, there, there are the windows on, uh, the, on, on the wall, and each uh, window shutter and window apron it was handmade by a master. Mm. And it took him for 12 hours to decorate the window shutters. And the shades over the lamps are, always, uh, are, are also made of lace. You cannot find uh, the ones in some shop. They were just made for, a, for the occasion. And I always say, look, our windows are always open. And there is always light in the, our windows. Mm-hmm. They, it means that we are always happy to meet our guests. 
to greet them, to invite them to have a cup of delicious tea. By the way, this is Krasnodar tea, the most northern tea in the world. We add some herbs inside and we always invite our guests to taste our traditional cookies. So you're welcome to Russia. You're welcome to Kuban. Thank you so much for being with us on World Footprints today and for sharing the rich culture of the Krasnodar region with our audience and the world. Thank you so much. You're welcome to Krasnodar region. When the Olympic Games started, there was a lot of negative media attention given to the accommodations. We stayed in Rosigatur in a village area called Gorky City. Our accommodations, Gorky Gorod 1, was clean, modern, and comfortable. Our daily breakfast buffet was tasty and plentiful. It's here where we met Alexander Gerasimov, a transplant from St. Petersburg. My name is Alexander Gerasimov. Yes, I'm an F&B manager of Gorky Gorod. Okay. Are you from Sochi? No, I am from St. Petersburg, originally. Yalabu, St. Petersburg. <laughs> You've been there? I lived there. You lived there? Yeah. Yeah, with okay. friends from the Mali Dramatica Teatro. Okay, for how long? Oh, one summer, um, years ago, mm-hmm. and then I moved to London. I see. Yeah, so you enjoy it? <gasps> okay. <laughs> So, That's very nice. Yes. And uh, so, Alexandra, are you here just temporary? Uh, well, so far I'm here. I'm not planning to move after Olympic. Uh, I know many people come here just to see the Olympic, to feel the atmosphere, uh, and uh, will leave uh, right after the Paralympic. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm planning uh, to stay. I like it here. I like the climate. I like people. I like the project. Uh, so, so far, I have no plans to leave. Alexander, how long have you been in Sochi from St. Petersburg? Uh, it's almost one year I'm here. One year. And how has the city changed since you've been here? Well, uh, since I come, I can see now a different city. It was... Uh, growing uh, very very uh, fast and uh, it's uh, but uh, you know when it's uh, growing fast there are a lot of uh, usually a lot of uh, mistakes a lot of uh, things that are not correctly made so for my my personal opinion for that uh, concerning that speed uh, that the project was growing and the city was growing it's, uh, to my opinion, it's very, very, uh, at the end, we get a very nice uh, result. And you mentioned you've been here nearly one year, so you're almost a native. Uh, well, you're a long-time resident now of Sochi Adler. As a local person, where do you like to go? Well, uh... I like I like new Sochi a lot. I like uh, new buildings in Sochi, new districts in Sochi. That's where uh, I go when I have free time. Uh, I like to see the sea. So, do you have a favorite museum, favorite restaurant? Uh, there are some in Sochi, uh, there are some very nice uh, restaurants, uh, some, uh, uh, as you know, Georgian cuisine is very popular here, and it's uh, very popular, uh, people like it, so uh, the, 
uh, Georgian uh, restaurants, the number of them are growing and uh, many of them are very good. For Sochi, it's more in uh, tradition of this place to, uh, because uh, the um, people, uh, they are very mixed with uh, Georgia and with Abkhazia and uh, so it's in, uh, very much in tradition of this place. So. How has your experience been during Olympic and Paralympic Games? Has this been positive for you? Well, uh, first of all, this is, of course, this is uh, for all of us, this is the first time uh, we do something like this. Because uh, no one of us, uh, uh, how to say, uh, worked in Olympic or Paralympic Games before. So it's all, uh, uh, it's new for all of us. So generally, it's, uh, of course, it's very positive as uh, every new experience it's always positive because uh, how to say specter of uh, situations is uh, much bigger than I had in my experience before so I have a lot of new things to learn I have a, a lot of new things to see a new people to work with and uh, of course it's positive all new things are very positive always I see when I travel through Sochi, um, many, many people from all over Russia very, very proud of these games, yes? Of course, of course, yes. I, I can see the national pride, but also very uh, much generosity towards other people, other countries, uh, other cultures. Well, I think for many people, at least what I can see is uh, many people, uh, they came from uh, different uh, cities of uh, Russia, not only from St. Petersburg or Moscow, though many people from St. Petersburg or Moscow, but uh, uh, people from all over Russia, and uh, they were very willing to work, very willing to see, very uh, have a big, uh, how to say, uh, emotionally, uh, they're very positive emotionally, and uh, it's uh, it's interesting. It's good, good thing, and uh, it's very good for all people uh, experience, uh, in even uh, all people CV and resume. It's uh, because uh, what I work in uh, in a restaurant, for example, uh, for many people, what is the career in uh, our city? Let's say. Uh, what is the best place uh, to work? Yes, I'm a very nice restaurant and uh, people trying to get there to get have new experience then the person moves for example from Sochi and gets to another city and in that city nobody knows that restaurant the best restaurant, uh, local restaurant, yes so, um, but uh, Olympic Games is something special it's where, wherever you go uh, everybody knows what is Olympic Games, so it's uh, it's a very good experience for everybody. And Speaking of restaurants, we've enjoyed eating uh, in Moscow restaurant. Tell us about your restaurant. Uh, did you did you go? Did you uh, ha uh, have dinner here? No dinner, but every day breakfast. Uh, but we've only been here two, three, three days. So soon, dinner. Did you like? Oh, very. You very like? much, yes. Well, uh, uh, the, the restaurant, um, 
About the restaurants, of course, as I said, many people from uh, many different places, uh, some people have experience, some people don't have experience, some people have different experience. So we, uh, not everything, of course, goes smooth and nice uh, because it's new, it's every, everybody everybody is new here and uh, have different school, different experience. But uh, generally, I think uh, people I, who I work with, they do a very good job. They, uh, they generally, I yes. think so. The staff is lovely here, very nice, and the food is wonderful. Ochina Gusnav. <laughs> and uh, we have uh, not only people from uh, uh, from Russia, we have people working from Russia, from Turkey, from uh, India, from England, uh, from uh, many, many different countries. And it's, again, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. And next, after Paralympic Games, I think there is uh, G8 summit yes and then formula one formula one yes yeah, yeah. how will you prepare for those big events well i what uh, i personally believe uh, for us uh, uh, let's uh, say uh, g8 summit would be even uh, more busy maybe because uh, uh, here we have uh, people living in uh, gorky gorod and uh, they are having breakfast and the whole day they are out of uh, project, they are out of here. They are watching games, uh, they are doing their plan, their activity, what they came for. And for G8, what I personally think, uh, these people will be always here. So we should prepare uh, very carefully for for this event. Now, you mentioned that many of your staff will be leaving, uh, some even today, to return to other their homes in St. Petersburg, Moscow. Uh, will you have difficulty replacing uh, those positions? I don't think so, because uh, also we, we won't have uh, so many outlets as we have now, so it's uh, very... Uh, uh, natural process so people live and we decrease the number of outlets uh, so it's gonna be gonna be fine in this case what is the the one thing or the most thing that you enjoyed about the Olympic and Paralympic Games the most I enjoyed I think uh, I enjoyed uh, working with so different people this is uh, this is what I enjoyed and I enjoyed to see uh, guests also from uh, all over the world and uh, so uh, um, I think this is uh, spe- something special about it this, this thing well thank you so much for joining me today and hosting us here you're very very welcome when we return, more from Sochi after a quick break. There, there were many people from Europe. I have been many times in Europe, but for me it was something new to meet American people from USA uh, too much. And uh, I liked um, to speak with them most of all because it's new, something new for me. Next, as World Footprints continues. Hello, I'm George from Boston, England, and I'm loving my time here in Sochi with World Footprints Radio. In Italy, police smash an international human trafficking ring. Officials in India announce over a thousand human traffickers arrested this year. 
and authorities in Peru charge a man and his wife with trafficking babies to Europeans through the internet. Human traffickers are active all over the world, but by joining forces we can stop these criminals. Support the United Nations Global Initiative to Fight Human Trafficking, ungift.org. Hi, this is Paul Harris from uh, Southampton, England. We're once again here in New Orleans. I think it's my 35th or 40th, 40th time, and it's always a pleasure to come back. We always bring our, our musicians with us, and it's a great pleasure to uh, meet uh, our friends from World Footprints, and uh, wish you all the success with your show, and uh, looking forward to seeing you again sometime. You're listening to World Footprints Radio, awarded as the best travel audio podcast by the North American Travel Journalists Association. Here's Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick. Welcome back to World Footprints. I'm Ian Fitzpatrick. The growing tension between Ukraine and Russia has been making news recently. In Sochi, the growing political discourse took center stage, but it never upstaged the athletes, and it didn't stop Ukrainians from traveling to Sochi for work during the games, like Bogdan Klemenko. My name is Bogdan. And your surname? Uh, Klimenko. And Bogdan, you're from Ukraine. Yeah, I'm from Ukraine. Have you come to Sochi just for the Olympic Games? Mm, uh, no, for Olympics time, but not for Olympics game, for work. Sure. Just for work, yeah. Because I'm not see any Olympics game before. Mm-hmm. How long will you stay here? Uh, this month, month finish it, and I'm going home. So two months. Okay. How has your experience been during this time? No, oh, if you know about uh, the Odessa city, uh, the city from the sea, mm-hmm. and here I see and uh, and sea and uh, this big I don't know how to say mountains. Oh, mountains, yeah, mountains. So it's very nice. A lot of people, uh, a lot of uh, experience for me. Uh, people from Russia not very friendly, but another people more better. They say hi. They smiling. They happy because uh, the people from Russian uh, not very friendly because of political tensions between Russia and Ukraine. Maybe yes, they not know from wh- where I from. I'm not saying a lot of people. Uh, just uh, if they talking just Russian and Russian, one Russian man, one Russian man, they say hi. Now, hello, hi. <laughs> <laughs> And how has has this been a positive uh, experience for you overall? Yeah, really, this is very good for me mm-hmm. uh, because I before I'm not nev- uh, never work uh, in security. Really, I'm cooking, uh-huh. yeah. but I'm huge, and my friends say, "Hey, come with me." She <laughs> 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 work waiter here. Just because you're a big guy, they big put guy you... and can say something from English, some words. Oh. <laughs> How do you like Sochi? Uh, really, I not see anything special for me, but because I'm from U- Ukraine, from Odessa. That's where, if you know from Odessa something, you know this good city. So when I come in Sochi and looking, I see this home, I see this home, I see this home. But, but it's a very nice place. Really, it's a very nice place. Yeah. Some people smiling, some good girls. 
And how about other foreigners like Americans and uh, Brits and other people? Nice? Yeah, yeah. A lot of people from America and from Japan. I see you guys and girls from Japan, uh, from Europe. They're really nice. They're smiling. They're happy. I don't know why, <laughs> but they're happy. They're looking like happy people. What will you do in Ukraine? I'm studying. I'm a student. Ah. Uh, yes. Uh, and I am uh, like sports. So I'm boxing, training, and study and reading the book a lot for. What, what do you study? Uh, the technology of food. Food for food. But technology, yes. How they make it, how they must be. The culinary food is an art form as well. I think it takes a, a lovely talent to make beautiful dishes. Yeah, it's very hard work, but when you see, when people eat your food, what you're doing for these people, and they say, yeah, this is good, you give, oh, I'm a good man. <laughs> you're proud. Yeah, you're proud yourself. Oh, thank you so much. Safe travels to you back to the Ukraine and good luck with your studies, we'll, with your sports. Will we see you maybe in an Olympic? Maybe yes, maybe yeah. yes. Why not? If I go training and have something uh, progress, yes. so maybe yes. What, what is your sport? I think I can boxing. Oh, yeah. you're a big man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like a biathlon or something else, shooting, it's not for me. Box. It was lovely meeting you. Thank you so much. Thank you too. It's very good uh, experience for me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Uh, for, for joining me today on World Footprint. The Olympic and Paralympic Games gave Russians all over the country a sense of national pride. They traveled near and far to experience the history being made in their country, like Svetlana Zaranova. Okay, please uh, tell me your name. My name is Sveta. Sveta and your surname? Zernova. And where are you from? I'm from Russia. I mean, my city. My city, Kirov, is 2,000 kilometers from here. Did you come to Sochi for the Olympic Games and Paralympic Games? Yeah, well, all our company came for Olympics uh, just for two months, mm -hmm. like that. How has this experience been for you? Um, yeah, I'd love to. It was too much good, too good experience many foreigners, um, too much new information, and I learned m many new facts and different stuff like that. Do you, was this your first, first time in Sochi? Uh, when I was a small child, I was uh, here one day, for one day just um, in, in Sochi, in the center of Sochi. But uh, before, I also was many times in Adler and Gelenjik and something like that. Uh, but actually, I don't like uh, to stay in, here in Russia, and I mo mm, spend more, most of my time in uh, Turkey or something uh, like that around uh, I work there and um, uh, for me uh, south of uh, another country is better <laughs> but I liked okay. here. What has been your favorite experience during this time? Uh, I have been in uh, women's hockey. Uh -huh. <laughs> yes, It was really nice and I liked it. I loved it. 
more than men because uh, they didn't fight, they were like intelligent, I don't know how to explain and it was really fun and too much fun for me. Have you enjoyed meeting people from other countries, other cultures? Yeah, sure. Um, I, there, there were many people from Europe. I have been many times in Europe, but for me it was something new to meet American people from USA uh, too much. And uh, I liked um, to speak with them most of all because it's new, something new for me. <laughs> Do you like uh, because of the language, learning the language, or learning about America? Um, I just uh, was interested in new mentality, <laughs> and also I was I always compare um, British English and uh, American English. They are different a little bit because in some parts of England uh, they speak really another language, <laughs> like, like another, yeah. And, but in some parts they speak the same as American. And uh, there were many American and England guests, like friends. They came and they were speaking like the same language. This was, this, that was interesting for me. Yes, now in America, sometimes uh, different places, uh, people sound very different. In the South, sometimes for me, it's difficult to understand what they're saying. Yeah, like, our, like our language and Ukraine language, for example. But also, I cannot understand them fast if they speak very slowly uh, yeah for me it's the same <laughs> um, and how much longer will you be here in Sochi I guess until the, uh, I, I guess I will live after the end of Paralympics game games and what will you do when you return to Kirov I'm thinking about I'm sure just that I don't want to there <laughs> and thank you that you remember the name of our city uh, it's a small city and there is my family I want just to see them and then um, I would like to live to live out I don't know from the country do you know where or I'm thinking I'm planning something <laughs> yes oh well thank you so much it was lovely meeting you and I wish you good luck on your next travel your next adventure and um, in your future thank you so much I would like to speak with you as well very, very interesting <laughs> thank you <laughs> journalists from around the world flocked to Sochi, Russia, and we met a few budding student journalists who are getting their first taste of this industry, along with an incredible travel experience. One of those student journalists we met was George Simmons, a young man from Bath, England, who traveled with a German publication called Paralympic Post. So, George, it's a nice meeting you. Thank you for spending a little time with us here on World Footprints. What brings you to Sochi? Uh, well, I'm actually writing for the international edition of a student paper called Paralympics Post, uh, which is published in Germany mainly, but they've written an uh, international edition which I'm helping to write for and also uh, translate the German's English into normal English for the English version of the paper. And how many students are part of this contingency? Uh, well, there's me and one other from Britain. And then there are seven Germans and six Russians who are writing for a Russian version of the paper. Okay. Did you know much about Sochi before coming here? Um, not a huge amount. I, when I found out I was coming, I did a bit of research and 
just saw the general news mm-hmm. about the about the place as a whole. Mm-hmm. And and so, what has your uh, impression been and your experience? How has this been for you? Well, it's been a lot friendlier than I was expecting. There were parts of it which are similar. Still, lots of police and and such like. But I, I feel very safe here most of the time, um, which I wasn't expecting. And there, there are enough English speakers to feel uh, to be getting along with. Um, my Russian's not particularly uh, particularly good, so I'm, I'm pleased about that. <laughs> What's been the biggest uh, surprise for you? Um, probably how uh, there was quite a bit in the media about Paralympics and whether disability sport would be taken seriously here. But I think on the whole it really has been and they've really taken to it. And I think that's a large part because they've been shown about it in the right way and told the correct information. And that's really hit home with, well, it hits home with anyone, no matter where you're from or how rich you are or what education background you've got. The themes of equality and and that kind of thing is really important, as long as you're taught about it in the right way. Indeed, indeed. Is there a single event um, or experience that you've had that will, maybe it was maybe life transforming or will live on with you and, and, and will stay in your memory for years to come. As in from this or to do with it more generally? Uh, as in your experience, your overall experience here during the Paralympic Games in Sochi and your first time visitation to Sochi. Um, I think it was at the airport. Um, uh, there was two Russian volunteers actually and they just saw me and my British colleague come through the airport and they came straight up to us, had a chat, trying to teach us some Russian, trying to learn some English. We couldn't really communicate with each other, but they were still trying to help. Um, and I think that kind of atmosphere of trying to help was quite uh, quite important. Just feeling embraced by the local people has been uh, very important to you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we've got... Uh, one member of our uh, group here is in a wheelchair and everyone's you're walking around the street and people are trying to help and trying to open the door or what what have you and the bus drivers are all very good helping to load them on load them off put the ramps out and I think everyone's really felt quite embraced and welcomed into Sochi overall yeah. Well, I'm happy that we bumped into each other in the, the cafeteria or the cafe here in our media center, and we got a chance to, to talk. And I look forward to uh, learning more about your career in journalism, which I believe you want to pursue. Yes. Yeah. Possibly. <laughs> yes. Maybe, maybe with World Footprints for Brazil? I wouldn't say no. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, George, thanks so much for spending some time here. Thank you very much for having me. When we return, we'll travel to Moscow with singer-songwriter Marina Veronikina. I love, uh, first of all, I love Moscow and I love going back there. And I do look at it differently now because I am, you know, I no longer live there permanently, so I'm more of an outsider. And, and Moscow has gone through such drastic changes since the fall of the Soviet Union within the last 20 years. Every time I go back, I go about every five or six months. Even six months, I see differences each and every time. It's Next, as World Footprints continues. Hey, this is Orca from Moscow. I'm here with 
uh, world footprints. Uh, welcome to the USA Russia Sledge Ice Hockey Game. Poaching is a major threat to our country's wildlife. I'm Tom Barry, and I'm an actor reaching out with the Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust, which works with private landowners to protect wildlife, preserve natural habitats, and create permanent sanctuaries. To learn more, call 800-729-SAVE or visit wildlifelandtrust.org. Thank you. Hi, I'm Callie Schultz from the great city of New Orleans, and you're listening to World Footprints Radio. We can't wait to see you in New Orleans very soon. And now, more of World Footprints Radio with your hosts, Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick. Welcome back to World Footprints. I'm Ian Fitzpatrick. Marina Veronikina, a.k.a. Marina V, is an award-winning Russian-American recording pop artist, singer, and songwriter. Classically trained in her hometown of Moscow, Marina has been singing and writing songs since she was a child. She came to America at 15 to pursue her American dream and has released several albums and toured the world since. From the Kodak Theater in Hollywood to the American Embassy in Moscow, Marina says that if the Beatles and Tori Amos had a child raised in Russia by Tchaikovsky, that would be her. Marina joins us today to share her inspiring journey and to act as a tour guide for those who are looking for a way to occupy a long layover in Moscow. Marina V., welcome. Thank you so much, Ian. I was surprised to learn that you left Russia at the age of 15 to move to America. That was rather brave of you. <laughs> at that time, I was just really excited to go, but now looking back, yes, I was very young. I won an incredible scholarship um, sponsored by American government by Senator Bill Bradley, actually, um, to, to come and study here for a year, and it was an incredible opportunity, and it was a full ride with even... I mean, they took care of everything. It was couldn't pass it up. Even my parents, as worried as they were, they thought it was a great opportunity. Mm. Now, what prepared you for this move? Did you know English, or did you have any family here in the States? I did not have any family at all. I spoke some English. In Russia, um, we learn usually British English, so I had a bit of a British accent, and I spoke very slowly, and I could not understand when my peers, you know, teenagers in school were speaking fast. It was pretty rough the first couple of months, but then, you know, I got a hang of it, and there was nobody speaking Russian around me, so I really dove in, like, full immersion, what they, they call it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, And it was pretty scary not knowing anybody at well, 15. It's, yeah, especially at, at that age. And so were you in housing, or how, was, how did you develop your support system? How are you supported here, and um, how did you live? For that particular scholarship, they place students like me with American families, which they call host families. They're just average families who wanted to have a foreign student live with them for for a year. And um, so they placed me to Springfield, Illinois, and uh, put me in a host family. Hmm. So that's, uh, and then they, they drove me to school, and that was... They were they were actually they were given a small stipend to to help the student out. So they took me shopping, you know, mm-hmm. did things that, like a normal family is supposed to do for their teenage kids, something mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I think you were in a good place coming from the Midwest. Myself, I think Midwesterners are the salt of the earth. So you you uh, you had good grounding there. 
listening to your your music, I can tell the classical training, I can hear it, but you also seem uh, to incorporate a mix of pop and jazz in your tracks, and it's a beautiful, eclectic mix. Do you believe that you found your voice, or are you still searching and emerging as an artist? That's a great question. I think every artist will tell you that they're always looking for something new and looking forward to developing themselves and becoming better, and in, at least in their own mind. Um, so I'm always looking and hoping to expand. And um, But I, I love what I do, and I'm really proud of it. And um, people tell me that, you know, when they hear my voice, they know it's me. So I, maybe that means I found my voice. It feels good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, having you came to this country and you really haven't um, looked back uh, at all. Do you... I'm sure that, you know, in this industry and, and whether you're a, a singer or an actor or a broadcaster like us, the entertainment industry is really wacky. Um, and it has to, you know, you, you've had to have had some really challenging times and periods of discouragement. What has helped you persevere through those times? Oh, wow. That is, um, you know, very true. Music industry and entertainment industry in general can be very, very ruthless, and there's a lot of just insanity going on there, you know, a lot of that. One thing that really helped me, you know, I grew up in Moscow in the fall of the Soviet Union when things were really, really difficult. We never starved, but we did not have enough food to eat at times and not enough nutrition and I saw people's lives crumble and everybody's savings lost. You know, comparing to that, you know, what's going on in the music industry is really minor. So I just keep that in mind and my upbringing and difficult times when I was a kid helped me deal with whatever comes my way now. That's that's one huge thing. And also I have an amazing husband um, who's, um, you know, my moral supporter. <laughs> And when I'm, you know, I've had a rough day, he's always there for me, which is amazing. He's, he's an American, but he's been to Moscow with me several times, and he's learning Russian. Oh, good. We can practice with him. <laughs> I can practice with him. <laughs> yeah, he, he and I uh, write songs together, and we tour, we perform together. Ah, oh, this, well. is, this is Nick you're referring to. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. What What advice would you have, uh, Marina, for any aspiring artist today who may be listening and going through those 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 periods of discouragement and despair and rejection and having you know to deal with the type of rejection that comes in this industry? What advice would you have to offer? I would say the most important thing is to stay true to yourself, and if you really if you, if you're doing what you really believe is good and you're doing your possible best, that's all you can really do. Obstacles, there are always going to be obstacles, and no matter what you do in life, whether it's entertainment or, I don't know, any any job, um, this is just part of life. And But I believe as, as, as long as you really feel strongly into what you're doing, you know, of course it's frustrating, absolutely, very, very, very frustrating. But if you look at any anything that's been done that's worthwhile or any amazing person in history who, who's done big things, they've had such obstacles. And, for example, reading biography of Abraham Lincoln as, mm. a, as an example, like reading a person's biography like that with obstacles that were just such obstacles, we, you know, we can't even dream of those because they were just, in, you know, in, incredible. He persevered. So reading other people's 
um, successes and overcoming their obstacles really is inspiring. Mm-hmm. I think believing believing in what you are doing and that it's a good thing is number one. You, you have to really, you know, love what you do and really stand be, behind yourself. <laughs> sure, sure. And and I know you love what you do. And you know, I've been uh, listening to um, one of your tracks, uh, "Run." And um, I actually was humming it all this morning. <laughs> but it's a, it's a song that really, yeah, I mean, the, the chorus really sticks with you. And, you know, it's a song that um, you really just want to dance to. And um, so I'm going to go out on a limb and ask if this song was written for anyone in particular, i.e. Nick. <laughs> um, actually, this one was not. This um this song, you're going to laugh, um, and I usually don't even say that. I wrote this about music industry. It's really, it's crazy. It's how I feel because I'm very passionate about it. It's almost like love-hate relationship. Mm-hmm. And this is what, so this song, if you, if you now see, read the lyrics, keeping that in mind, you'll understand. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, I did, but I thought, hmm, and, and, and actually knowing that you and Nick co-write a lot of your songs, I thought, well, this could, you know, he could have been writing for her and she for him. Um, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean. We have actually a few songs that we've written for each other, like we have a song called You Make Me Beautiful from my previous album, and that one we wrote about each other, um, and it's you know, it, it was really fun to write. Yeah. You you mentioned that you guys traveled back to Moscow uh, regularly. Um, do you look at Moscow differently now than you did, you know, growing up? And, and how are you embraced and, and perceived there as um, as a child of Moscow and, and as an artist? Um, I love, uh, first of all, I love Moscow and I love going back there. And I do look at it differently now because... I am, you know, I no longer live there permanently, so I'm more of an outsider. And, and Moscow has gone through such drastic changes since the fall of the Soviet Union within the last 20 years. Every time I go back, I go about every five or six months. Even six months, I see differences each and every time. It's fascinating to be that, you know, kind of um, tra- traveling through time and coming, you know, two or three times a year and seeing all the changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of them are, you know, very good changes. Um, I, I love, I'm, I'm very proud of the city. It's, it's so beautiful. Um, I am perceived there, people are really proud of me because not that many Russians really go out, at least singers, you know. Still, even in the entertainment industry, there are only a handful of actors or entertainers who are Russian who are making it you know, in English-speaking world, especially in Hollywood. Yeah. So um, they, they're really, really proud of me, and uh, I get really good support. And even people who I went to school with, there they come to my concerts, and um, it, it's great. Even my piano teacher came a couple of times. That was so cool. Marina, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you uh, speak of the support you get when you go back to Moscow. How was your music embraced there? You know, um, in general, my, my genre is called singer-songwriter, so I not only write my songs, I accompany myself on an instrument, usually piano. Um, in Russia, this genre really doesn't exist because technically my music is kind of pop. Um, in Russia, the people who write their own music and accompany themselves are usually folk singers. So um, 
a lot of people just don't quite understand and I think it's fascinating that I'm doing this because to them it's kind of different. They don't realize that you know, I've tried to explain to them that singer songwriter genre in you know England and America is very very popular, um, and in Russia it's not. So th- that alone to them is very fascinating that I'm singing pop songs. Yet when we often perform, we don't have a whole band. We have just you know piano and guitar and vocal, mm-hmm. and they they just don't quite fathom like how is it you doing pop songs with such minimal arrangement and you're playing it yourself you're not dancing you know strutting in your underwear on stage which is what pop singers do <laughs> in in, in Russia <laughs> anyway so to them it's fascinating and uh, but but they love it and people have loyal fan base and people write to me often and ask when I'm coming back and ask me so it's it's I'm really proud of proud of it and Russians are known for not buying music because they usually I mean, there's piracy pretty um, pretty strong in Russia, online piracy. Mm. But people do buy albums at the shows. Mm. They're pretty awesome. I'm just curious, what kinds of venues do you play when uh, you're back there? Um, I've played uh, usually small theaters, and uh, several times I've played um, at Hard Rock Cafe on Arbat, which is one of the main streets in Moscow. Um, they have a gorgeous stage there and a bunch of big pictures of the Beatles right uh, in the background of the stage which makes me very happy <laughs> <laughs> of course being a child of uh, the Beatles or <laughs> you, you know you, you're talking about um, how much Russia has changed and in, in looking at your video um, run I I didn't know where um, I was in that video. I mean, it, it has changed, and I probably would not recognize it uh, when we go back. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm sure the Red Square hasn't changed that much, and Lenin's Mausoleum is still there, and mm-hmm. St. Basil's uh, Cathedral. Um, but citywide, I mean, it just looks so much more um, developed. And, and, and so, you know, I know there's so much to see, and for travelers who are passing through Moscow, because that's kind of the clearing point um, when mm-hmm. people travel to uh, any to any point in Russia, uh, and, you know, they're going to encounter a long layover, what would you suggest, if somebody only has a half a day, what, what do you suggest that travelers during that long layover do or see to occupy their time? If it's really, really half a day, you know, it's very little time, but it's better than no time, right? I, I, um, I recommend definitely the thing you have to see for anybody who'd never been to Moscow. I mean, you have, so it doesn't count. But for, for, for somebody who'd never been to Moscow, Red Square, really, that's the heart and soul of Moscow. That's the oldest part, and Red Square is adjacent to the Kremlin. Most likely they will not have time to go inside the Kremlin, but even being in the Red Square next to the Kremlin and seeing St. Basil's Cathedral, that's the one with multicolored domes, the one that was featured in Michael Jackson's video, Mm -hmm. because that's the one people, for some reason, remember. You know, the famous shot when they show Moscow, even, you know, when they do New Year um, countdown and they show around the world, this is what they show. You know, they show Red Square with uh, St. Basil's and the clock tower there. So that place is so beautiful and so historical. So many things have happened there. It's um, red means uh, beautiful in uh, Russian, in old Russian. So that's, it's beautiful square. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it, just if you go there and, you know, um, from the airport, it's not 
that far, um, if there was no traffic, it would take probably only 30 minutes, but there's always traffic. So people should count on at least an hour, possibly just in case, just to be safe, hour and a half ride time there or back just in case to be safe. And, and, um, and you recommend taking um, a, a taxi cab versus a train, even though a train is significantly uh, cheaper. Why is that? Absolutely. Um, train, yeah, train is about 300 rubles. Not about, it's exactly 300 rubles, which is 10 bucks. Um, and the train is great. But for people who don't speak the language and who are there for just half a day, traveling is stressful already, you know. So you're already exhausted from a long, 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 long flight um, to Moscow from, you know, America, for example. It's It's exhausting. So I think trying to figure it all out and going on the train, it will probably add to the stress and you'll be a little bit more tired. When in a cab, you can relax a little bit more, I think. That, that's my personal thing. Some people may be more adventurous, and, but the train is super easy. They do have signs in English, and they're very clear signs um, where to find that train. And it goes every 30 or 40 minutes on average. It's, there's a schedule posted, very easy, and it takes you to the, cent, uh, to the central place central uh, one of the central stations in moscow it's just that's the end stop and mm-hmm. you, you know it, and it's it's really easy and then from there you can catch a cab and go to red square but i mean i'd recommend just getting a cab from i know it's a little bit more in a cab usually between like 60 to 80 bucks to take you to red, red square but you know it's not like you're doing this every day and it's a special vacation and i think comfort and and knowing for sure you're going to find a cab um and also more people are likely to speak english um mm-hmm. cab cab drivers by the airport opposed to cab drivers at another you know let's say trace train station most likely for most cab drivers by the train station will not speak english and these guys at least somewhat will <laughs> sure sure and do they take um do they require hard currency or uh, payment in rubles Mostly, um, some of them already take credit cards, but um, r- rubles is probably best. Um, you, there, you know, like in any airport, there are exchange places where you can, or even ATMs where you can get some uh, local currency rubles. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and it's uh, on average, it's thirty-one dollar, uh, thirty-one uh, rubles to a dollar at the moment. But okay. basically, I think you know thirty thirty rubles, some thirty to thirty rubles to one dollar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And are there lockers at the airport for luggage during this this layover? Some people may not want to, you know, take uh, their carry-on luggage with them through the streets of uh, of Moscow. Absolutely. You know, I've seen them. I personally have never used them because for me, Moscow's final destination. I have seen those lockers um, and signs for them, and but I've never used them, so I really don't know about that. But they do exist. I, I remember very clearly seeing them each and every time I arrive. Okay. Now, when we get to Moscow, is there a place you would recommend we eat? Preferably near the Red yeah. Square. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's um, there are a few places. There's um, there's a place um, right across from mausoleum, Lenin's mausoleum, which his bo- his body is still there. Uh, Lenin, um, right across there is um, old um, promenade shopping mall, uh, 18th. Uh, 
or 19th century shopping mall uh, from mid 1800s, um, and uh, there there are a couple of really nice restaurants. It's and it's lovely place. It's the shopping there is pretty insane. They have you know the Gucci's and Dolce and Gabbana boutique shops, but you know it's so beautiful. They're just worth going in even if you don't eat. But if you have a, a, maybe an extra few minutes to to go uh, less than a mile from Red Square, there's one of my favorite restaurants in uh, in the city. It's called Cafe Pushkin, mm. and in that restaurant, um, first of all, they they serve traditional Russian food, but in the way they did it during the Tsar time, it's they decorated it. It kind of like a high-end place from the early 1900s, and even the menu—it's written in old Russian for Russians, and they have menu in English, of course, and French because it's um, French uh, owned or oh, French themed, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it's all Russian traditional fare, exquisite food, absolutely wonderful. We will. And we will. that place. I think it's it's a must if you have extra because it's a, it will take you only like in a cab ride or even walk. It will take you maybe 20 minutes to walk from the Red Square just on Tverskaya Street. It just you go up, you can't really miss it. It's so easy if you look at it on the Google Maps. It is easy walk, a really pretty walk. It just depends on how cold it's going to be in you know when you go to Sochi um, because. When Moscow winter is famous for being cold, of course, but there are days when it's, there's no wind, when there's no not much wind, and you're okay walking outside for a long time. But then, of course, you can grab a cab. It will take you there in less than five minutes. So, and it's it's wonderful. Right. That place is my, my favorite in town. Or or the metro, perhaps. We'll we'll, we'll look at the uh, taking the the metro um, a couple of times too, just so. Uh, Ian can see that. Now, where can um, our audience see you performing next? Because you seem to be all over um, the place and very, 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 very busy, which is a wonderful thing. Um, where is your, your performance schedule kept? It's at my website, marinav.com, M-A-R-I-N-A, and V is in my long last name, the letter V is in victory of the Velociraptor. So marinav.com, and you can click on there and get uh, my tour dates. And people also can get a few free downloads when they sign up to my um, newsletter. So it's my little gift to them for being listener of my music. Oh, lovely, lovely. So, thank you so much, Marina. Uh, we will certainly do that, and we hope to see you in um, Washington, D.C. sometime in this coming year. I would love to come. It's been uh, two years since last time I was there, um, so I really hope we can uh, be there, hopefully not in a 100-degree summer. <laughs> That's what happened last time. It was when you guys had a crazy heat wave. It was 115. It was two, two summers ago, and we went to uh, Mount Vernon. <laughs> oh. oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know, it was so miserable. Well, uh, Marina, that's my only complaint. <laughs> hopefully, the next time you're here in D.C., the weather will be much more hospitable. <laughs> Marina Burden, award-winning pop artist, A.K.A. Marina V. We thank you so much for being with us on World Footprints. 
Oh, thank you, Ian. Thank you, Tonya. We thoroughly enjoyed our time in Sochi, and we hope to return to the Black Sea Resort soon. When we do, we'll take you with us. Until then, we're Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick, and we wish you blue skies and purposeful travel that leaves positive footprints one step at a time. Hi, guys. My name is Sandy Best, the Sandy Best from Lake Louise. Where's Lake Louise? It's in Alberta. Alberta's in Canada, Banff National Park, natural beauty. The only place you should go with is World Footprints Radio, because they spend their time looking at those special places that are not tourist traps, that are not thousands of people. For the best on the planet, go with World Footprints Radio. This has been a presentation of World Footprints Media, all rights reserved.